You're listening to AskDaryl.com. You've got questions, we'll get you the answers. AskDaryl.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the Ask Daryl podcast. The Ask Daryl podcast is where I, your host, Daryl Girardier, take your questions on social media technology and communications, all dealing with the church, and do my best to answer them in the most brief yet thorough way possible. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about how to write for the internet. That's right. How do you write for the web? How do you write for the internet? I know that's probably not the uh, most flashiest thing to talk about. You know, it's not what's in right now in terms of writing for the internet or writing for the web. Right now, most people want to talk about how do you write tweets? How do you write for Facebook? And those things matter. Don't get me wrong, but you got to learn how to write for your own website, your own church website. You got to learn how to write compelling copy on your church website. If you expect people to actually take action on any of the things you're actually asking them to do. So today I'm going to cover two quick things you can do to make your writing on the internet better and get more people to do what you need them to do on the web, which is sign up for an event, attend something, whatever it is your church is asking somebody to do on the web. I'm going to tell you two tricks to get people to actually act on things and will make you a better writer for the internet. Okay, so here's the first thing you need to do. First thing you need to do is you need to understand that it's not all about you when you're writing on the internet. When you're writing for the internet, you want to make sure that you're writing for the reader. In other words, I want to make all my content about the reader. Now, it's really difficult because for a lot of us who are in church communication or on church staff, we've been going to seminary, we've been going to Bible college, wherever you've been, and you're basically taught how to write in such an academic way that when it comes down to explaining your ministry, you just kind of flip on this automatic academic switch. So if you were going to talk about your men's ministry or your women's ministry, your student ministry, whatever it is, you tend to kind of go in this like academic mode where you want to talk about all the spiritual disciplines you might cover, or you want to kind of almost, it's very methodical. Uh, and, and what happens is our writing comes, becomes really dry. Uh, but the reality is, is that when people read stuff about your ministry, at the end of the day, they're thinking about themselves and thinking about how your ministry may or may not apply to them. So what you want to do is you want to write in a way that is for the reader. You know, how do you do that? You do that by actually using the word you, Y-O-U. You can actually say you. Here's what you will learn. Here's what you will discover. Here's what will happen if you come and join our ministry. In other words, you can be specific with the reader. Okay, you need to also imply for the reader that you kind of understand what they're going through. Have some connection points. So if you're talking about a men's ministry, you would say, guys, have you ever felt this? Or are you dealing with this? Um, Have you ever had a moment where X happens to you? Whatever that is, you want to find those connection point moments when you're writing about your ministry. You just don't want to say so-and-so is a men's ministry that likes to do this, 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 and this. That's very plain, very boring. Versus connecting with the reader and finding out where the reader is actually at. The other thing is you want to make sure for the reader, you've clarified what the value benefit is. Why in the world should they be coming to your event, coming to your ministry, doing anything with you to begin with? What's the value benefit? At the end of the day, what are they going to get out of it? Now, that sounds kind of really selfish and be like, you don't want people to come to church just for what they're going to get out of it. But at the end of the day, they're human beings and that's what they do. They want to figure out why am I coming to this? What am I going to get out of this? If it's, they're looking at a children's ministry or a student ministry, what are my kids, what are my 
children, one of my students, what are they going to walk away with? You got to clearly define that for them in a way that they can easily connect with to understand what the value is for them to come to your ministry. You also need to have a clear call to action. What do you want them to do? A lot of times I see copy on the web that is just on church websites. It's really just kind of like, here's who we are, but they're not telling me, they're not asking me to do anything. If you're going to ask me to take the time to read something, you need to take the time also to clearly define what you want me to do with that. Do you want me to join? Do you want me to uh, email? Do I need, is there a form I need to fill out? Is there something I need to do? What is the call to action? And by the way, that call to action needs to be really, really clearly defined. It needs to be a big button by which I kind of go, you want me to do this? And I know I've got to click right there. So when you're making your, when you're writing for the web, rule number one, write for your audience. Okay. Don't write for yourself. Write for the audience and see how much of your jargon can you clean up and get rid of a lot of that academic language instead of write for the actual reader. Now, the second thing you can do is you can, well, honestly, you need to unlearn how you've been taught to write. Okay. And you need to reevaluate your form of writing. And what I mean by that is, I mean, you need to reevaluate the following things. Evaluate if you're using a lot of jargon. Are you using a lot of Christianese, a lot of jargon on the web that if somebody who doesn't know Christ at all comes to your website and they're kind of like, I don't know what half this stuff means. Or is, is, is that going to be, a, is it going to be so, the language is going to be so difficult. They're kind of going, man, this is kind of a bit overwhelming. I got to take a step back and I'm going to go somewhere else. Make sure the language you're using is not so jargon heavy that somebody from the outside can't understand what's going on and what you're asking for them. I, I know that, um, you know, eventually you do want to use some of that language because that language has distinctive meanings and has a meaning that, that, that has an actual spiritual purpose behind it. Like say the word like discipleship, you know, that, that actually has a biblical meaning to it and actually has a theological emphasis behind it. But sometimes that word, if you don't know anything about church, you hear the word discipleship, that that's totally foreign. So you want to be careful using uh, a lot of heavy church language when you're writing for the web. The other thing in terms of writing for the web, in terms of your form of your writing is you want to make sure that you keep your writing short and punchy. You're thinking of writing in paragraphs like two to three sentences at the most. Um, I, I want to make it so the fact you can quickly scan our writing and you can see, okay, they're asking me to do X, Y, or Z, or this is what I can learn about this in real quick glance. Think of it like they're scanning a newspaper column. You want to keep it kind of short and just be able to scan down and people want to be able to get their information, get in and get out. So when you write for the web, keep it short and punchy with your word count. Keep Think about keeping your word count between like 250 words. If you're writing, like if I'm writing a description of an event, um, if I'm writing an article, I usually keep them, like them and be 400 to 500 words at the most. Um, if something, it's a how-to, a how-to like in other words, I'm telling somebody how to lead their your child to Christ or something like that on our church website. Well, that that depends. I mean, that one gives me as long as you need it to be. Uh, you know, how tos are as long as you need to actually explain how to do whatever it is that you're asking or telling the audience how to do. So that I kind of I kind of vary on that one a little bit. But the point is, is I want to make sure I avoid using heavy jargon, and I want to make sure I keep my writing short and punchy. Uh, I'm thinking two to three sentences per paragraphs. I want to think I'm uh, I want to think as if I'm writing for like a newspaper column, uh, you know, that kind of layout. And I also want to think of like bullet points. Bullet points are always really effective when writing for the web. So the two things you need to do is you need to make sure you're writing for your audience. Actually, write for the reader. Go look at like marketing copy. Um, look at and see how people write really great marketing copy. 
be a great website to go to is called um, okdork.com. It's written by a guy named Noah Kagan. Noah is employee number 30, I think, at Facebook. And he writes a really great blog on basically how do you write for the web and how do you write well in a way that kind of gets people to read what you wanted to read and actually act on it. So I want to make sure that you write for the viewer, give them a value benefit, tell them why what they're reading is important. Make sure you also have a clear call to action. I also want to make sure the second thing is, is that I avoid using heavy jargon that I write short, punchy bullet points, something quick, easy to digest. If I'm writing for the web, especially if you're writing for your church website, that's really important that people are able to get in, get the information they need and get out. So they have a great experience. If you've got a question for me, head on over to askdaryl.com. That's A-S-K-D-A-R-E-L.com or use the hashtag AskDaryl on Twitter and I will grab your question and I will throw it in the bucket of questions I've got going right now and I can get to it ASAP. You can also direct message me on Twitter if you'd like. I'm at DGirardier. That's at D-G-I-R-A-R-D-I-E-R on Twitter and you can send me a direct message and I will get to it as well. We're on iTunes. So if you haven't done that yet, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. We also will soon be on Stitcher. I had somebody ask me the other day if we're going to be on Stitcher and I have put in all the paperwork to get us on Stitcher as well. So hopefully you had a great 4th of July weekend and you're hopefully going to have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to AskDaryl.com. Don't forget, if you've got questions, go online and submit them to AskDaryl.com.